0: Welcome to the Coin World Podcast with your host, Jeff Stark. And
1: as I've said from day one of this show, this is a big tent hobby. There's a lot of room for folks.
0: And Larry Jewett. And learning has been such a tremendous amount of this journey. The Coin World Podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Coin World Podcast. I'm Jeff Stark.
0: And I'm Larry Jewett. We're glad to have you back here. Boy, this year is rapidly going away here. 2023 is going to be in the books before long, but. We appreciate all the support we've gotten in the past few years in the Coin World podcast. We've got some exciting news coming up. In the 2024 season, uh, we're going to be heading right off the bat, heading down to the fun show, and then going to be able to line up some guests for you so that we can enjoy that in the the upcoming episodes. This episode, by the way, is presented to you by Vegas Coin Dealer. Vegas Coin Dealer has a big auction coming up. We're going to be down at the fun show meeting with Charles and Vegas Coin Dealer. You may have seen the article on page 141 in the most recent edition of Coin World that they're going to be selling this rare Denver Mint ingot It's a ruler ingot, as a matter of fact. We invite you to check it out, VegasCoindealer.com, and get in on the bid. It's a very, very unique item, and you'll learn more about it both uh, at VegasCoindealer.com and also uh, on the uh, article on page 141. Uh, Jeff, it's good to have you back here. uh, We've been working away here. You got a chance to get a little time off, and I'm sure you uh, mixed some numismatics in with pleasure, didn't you?
1: Well, you know, I tried to... um step away from the hobby totally but uh, you know it's hard to do that when you're going to I, for those who don't know I was in Hawaii and uh, went to Pearl Harbor for a couple days and saw uh, got to meet some ladies who were Rosie the Riveters during World War II, and uh, get some things signed by them. Got to tour the USS Missouri where World War II treaty was uh, was signed, and got to go out to the uh, USS Arizona Memorial. Uh, but uh, you know, for for somebody who loves history and American history, this was a great time. Uh, I had I could have I could have, I'm sure uh, pled my case with my family and said, hey, let's let's go visit this guy. Uh, there's several coin shops there on Oahu. but I did not step foot into any of them. However, you go to the USS Missouri and you can't help but see numismatic items everywhere you go there were medals that were uh different military award medals uh for different you know service in different theaters of war different actions or activities uh that um that these men i think they were all men but men and women received these awards uh these medals throughout the the war for their service in various conflicts and and um So those were on display. There were displays with um, some of the various, you know, Japanese invasion money and Hawaiian overprint bills. Uh, It it was just a neat thing to see numismatic items in a broader context to helping to tell this story of America at war. Um, And uh, I also got to pick up what, um, you know, they call them challenge coins. I, I know they're not, in the true authentic sense of, of a military challenge coin, but for, uh, was there at Pearl Harbor on the 82nd anniversary for the ceremony that morning at 7 50 AM. And, uh, at the gift shop, they had challenge coins to mark the 82nd anniversary. So I picked up a couple of those for a friend of mine, his two boys who are five and six and, um, you know, that's something that was obtained on the day of the anniversary at the ceremony and celebration of the remembrance of, uh shouldn't say celebration, the remembrance of such a momentous moment in history. And it uh, it just speaks to the idea that there's numismatics everywhere. I, I couldn't escape it. Um, not that I needed to or wanted to, but, you know, just get away for eight, nine days and not think about work and the hobby and all that. But when you love it, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, even, even on vacation, you find ways to, to weave it in to the vacation. So that was fun. And it was so nice to be warm all the oh, time.
0: Yeah, understood. But, you know, it's, it's also timely in the sense that uh, the greatest generation commemorative program is going to be kicking off in 2024, and that'll be coming up. But when you talked about the Rosie the Riveters, I'm kind of surprised that in the American Women Quarter program, we didn't have the opportunity to honor them. I'm not saying someday we won't, But just the idea that that would have been a likely candidate in many respects because of the service they provided throughout the course of that, you know, challenging time in history right there. But the opportunity to meet uh, those individuals certainly had to be a a great pleasure. And uh, the stories would be told on that. But, yeah, you're right. Numismatics is just about everywhere. Anytime you think about something, there's probably some kind of connection there that's not directly related to our, our work but it's, it's connected to our hobbies so certainly have the opportunity you know we're on the verge of getting back into the uh, coin shows themselves the fun show as we talk about this the Florida United Numismatist shows coming up in two weeks and in three weeks you're going to be uh, getting on another airplane and heading up to another show
1: yeah, we got New York International coming up. That'll be fun. I, you know, I should know Rosie the Riveters before we get too far away from that segment of the discussion. Um, they are the subjects of a congressional gold medal, I believe. And and I was reminded by our colleague Paul that um, that design process has has been underway, and the and the selection of of that uh, the mem- memorial for them i guess if you will and um so they may not be on the quarters yet and they may never get on the quarters but certainly the uh the medals are going to be out there so it, that's one way that we are remembering them it was cool to meet them and uh talk to them didn't have much time really to talk to them because there was such a such a crowd which was a great thing to see uh you know several hundred people in line uh, to me there was seven ladies there total and i got to um talk to three of them at, at the one table on our you know they split them up at different tables and you could only get to one table in the time period but um you know because of that didn't get to get too much into it but you know they they were um they're still feisty and and uh uh, out there and uh, we thank them for their service in a different way uh during the war but uh, you know back to new york new york is always the show that kicks off the numismatic the international numismatic scene for the year you know fun is is a big show an important show would love to be down there of course the uh warm temperatures don't hurt but uh you tell you what you want to go to new york and I'll go to fun No. <laughs> <laughs> in a word anyway, no no anyway um uh, you know no complaints there's new york is is always bustling there's lots of uh auction activity uh, a very vibrant bourse um so i'm i'm excited to get back there um because gosh i i missed it in 2023 uh was sick so uh, I'm looking forward to getting back there 2024 and seeing what develops. And then not long after that, a couple weeks, three weeks after that, uh, is the World Money Fair in Berlin. And I've got people already trying to set up meetings and inviting to things. And it's going to be, uh, it's always a, a cold time of year for us up here uh, in uh, you know, the Midwest, but it's a hot time in the numismatic market. And it's a great, great beginning to what uh, hopes to be promises to be, I think, a uh, fascinating and uh, exciting year in numismatics.
0: Yeah, and definitely so. But before we get too far into the new year here, December has always been an exciting time. I just recently did the story in the 1912 S nickels that were all made in San Francisco in December. And we, of course, know about the 1921 uh, silver dollars and how December played into that. So as we head down toward the tail end of December, certainly there are some things in numismatic history that are worth mentioning. And now's a good time to talk about them.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, there's I, I am always amazed every week when I pull up this week in numismatic history and see what what is out there. And, uh, you know, I, I found a couple things that were interesting this time. One of them, because of my trip recently, I, I will mention it Um This week in numismatic history, what happened? Well, on December 18th, 1943, that was when the Bureau of Engraving and Printing halted printing production of series 1934, $5 Hawaii overprinted emergency notes. Uh, Since I was just in Hawaii, I thought that was uh, fun to mention. Uh, These, you know, for those who don't know, were made during World War II. And the idea was... Uh, They could circulate on the islands, and if the islands were invaded, they could be demonetized, uh, called, um, you know, deemed worthless, and so the money would not fall into enemy hands if something bad happened. Of course, we know that the islands remained in the pocket of uh, America, you know, they, they never, there never was a need to recall the notes, and there were other denominations as well out there with this, the the word Hawaii overprinted on them, but uh that was when uh the Bureau of engraving printed uh, Bureau of engraving and printing stopped making those notes uh the only uh, the other thing I thought was interesting certainly uh juxtaposed during uh to the juxtaposed to the. Uh thought of World War II is something that commemorated the end of World War I and the peace that followed December 19th, 1921. What happened that day? Well, that was when the Commission of Fine Arts announced that Anthony D. Franceschi's peace dollar design was the winner of a design contest. So uh this was, you know, it, it's a classic American coin. Uh, maybe maybe not as loved as the Morgan dollar, but it's certainly up there. Uh, big, nice size silver dollar canvas for a beautiful Liberty indicating peace. Uh, it's it came to be in in the uh, post World War One era, and uh, the design was selected or announced on December nineteenth this week in numismatic history, nineteen twenty one.
0: Awesome. Definitely uh, some things that are noteworthy there and certainly a lot of history made in the month of December. Once again, I want to thank uh, Vegas Coin Dealer, our sponsor for today's podcast. Vegas Coin Dealer had some exciting news regarding a, a silver ruler ingot. Uh, one of uh, only a couple that are known, and this is the only one that you're going to be able to obtain here. And there's been a lot of uh, excitement generated about the sale of this item coming up in the month of January. Check out VegasCoindealer.com to find out more information about uh, that special numismatic object and uh, the upcoming auction. And uh, Charles be happy to tell you more about that. Just reach out and contact Charles at Coindealer. All right, let's move into. Let's go back in time a little bit. I'm going to predate you on this one, as we talk a lot about history, and we are uh, on the cusp of moving from one year to the next. And so this time we're going to dip back about 55 years back to 1968. As some exciting things were going on there, Coin World just uh, only eight years old at the time. So you know it's just the idea that we could continue to grow, and here we are now 55 years later. Still talking about it, so we're going to go back into 1968. While wow, the phone rings here in the background, I'm going to go ahead and let it. Uh, there we go. It's gone now. So, Jeff, let's go to December 18th, 1968. What do you find there?
1: So, yeah, this week in Coin World history, uh, we go to that issue. Random number generator, just uh, just because, and uh, I found it interesting. The lead story on the front page. Uh, the headline reads, Commission on Coinage to Study Need for New Dollar-Sized Coin. Uh, second headline reads, Mint Director to Supply Data on Non-Silver Peace. So uh, the story talks about the possibility of a new United States dollar-sized coin electrifying the hobby, overshadowing other actions of the Joint Commission on the Coinage at its December 5 session in Washington, D.C., Uh, The Assistant Treasury Secretary, Robert A. Wallace, uh, was quoted as saying there appears to be some need to consider a non-silver dollar coin as part of the nation's coinage system. Uh, Director of the Mint then, Ms. Eva Adams, a member of the commission, sent her fellow commissioners a memorandum of her thinking on the subject. Study of the dollar coin was one of the prime reasons for creating the Coinage Commission in 1965. Uh, the commission recommended that the 29 million sewer dollars now being held, this is at the time, of course, by the Treasury be sold on a bid sale basis at a minimum fixed price uh, retail. Such a sale would be conducted by the General Services Administration, but Congress would need to authorize funds to conduct the sale. The appropriation could range from one to two million dollars, so on and so forth. Sales could bring premiums, however, um. Uh, the idea was this could result in about $100 million, according to some calculations. So um, we all know in hindsight what happened, that the GSA, the General Services Administration, was indeed called upon to sell the stock of silver dollars in the 70s, and the U.S. did adopt a non-silver dollar coin in the 70s 1979 to be exact uh, and it's just a reminder that some of these events in news you know they didn't just materialize overnight they there was often a foundation laid months and years before the events occurred and so it was interesting to see this, reporting on what would turn out to be probably two of the biggest stories of the 1970s period, numismatically, um, in this December 18th, 1968 issue. Nate. Yeah, so uh, did you have a chance to find anything of interest in the letters?
0: Well, there were a lot of, uh, the letters were basically pointing out a few errors here, but there was one letter in particular, that's not your typical letter. This is one, there's a a tongue-in-cheek humor type thing. You'd always enjoy reading those. The first letter purported to be from President Richard Nixon, which we know that probably wasn't the case. But this one starts off, and these letters at the time didn't have any uh, titles on them. It says, During a coffee break while at work, I was reading my latest copy when a co-worker walked over and asked what I was reading. Coin World, I replied, a magazine for coin collectors. He nodded slightly and started to walk away. Thinking he would like to read it, I called after him and said, Would you care to look at it? He said, he turned and came back and he said, No, thank you. If I accepted your hospitality and read the magazine, I would soon be looking through all my pocket change trying to find a rare coin. I would soon be going to the bank to cash my paycheck and asking for rolls of coins in return. My eyesight would suffer from looking at all those small mint marks and I would have to go to the optometrist to get my glasses changed. My wife would get a divorce from me because I spent all the time looking at coins. Not finding anything rare and valuable, I would develop stomach ulcers and I would have to have an operation. The loss of pay from being off of work would cause my creditors to foreclose on me, and all because I accepted your hospitality and read that magazine. With that, he turned and walked away. And the letter was signed Wiley York. Now, you have to laugh at that, because you know that's just extremely extreme. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I am saying, however, that, uh, you know, it's just depends on, you know, we're not all that way. I don't think that uh, anybody who has an interest in numismatics is necessarily going to have a house foreclosed on or develop stomach ulcers or keep an optometrist in business. But it's just, it was interesting. It was a uh, a pleasant read just for a uh, change of pace other than complaints about the mint or or things like that. There was another letter that closed the home because it came out of the Lakeland, Florida area. It said, I wish to write a letter concerning the silverless half. In the first place, the Coinage Commission is wrong. Today, the American people are making more money than ever before. Just because they came up with the idea of a silverless half won't make people turn their silver in. Why should they? Can you picture a silver half against the silverless half? Of course you can. If the government would stop sending our gold and silver overseas, we could have some more decent coins. That's from Joe Dennison out of Lakeland, Florida. So those are the two items that I found somewhat interesting here in the uh, letter section from December 18th of 1968.
1: Very good. Very good. Yeah, the, the hobby will grab a hold of you if you let it, for sure, <laughs> uh, as the one writer uh, notes. I, I want to grab a hold of you, though, and just stick your feet to the fire a little bit with the trivia question from last episode. We uh, got to speak to Tim Webb, the incoming vice president of the Civil War Token Society, so I asked a question about Civil War tokens, and uh, according to Mr. Webb, the first African Americans to issue tokens issued Civil War tokens, and there were eight of them. They were united in the type of business they were engaged in. So, what business were these gentlemen in that allowed them to issue Civil War tokens?
0: Uh, were they into, I think, like barbers or something along that line?
1: Um, barbers, like barber halves, barber quarters. No, like... no, barbers as <laughs> hair
0: cutting and that type of thing.
1: Yes, yes, you are you are correct. They were um, in consorial
0: the... scientists.
1: That's that, very good. Excellent. Excellent uh, uh, choice of words. I I was, uh, uh, they were, they were in the hirsute pursuit, if that's, that makes sense. But uh, in any event, you you got that right. So sticking with uh, Civil War tokens as a theme, just because why not? Um, you know, we know that there were two different types of Civil War tokens struck, uh, Patriotics or store cards. We're not going to get into sutlers and all that you got to listen to the episode last time to hear a further breakdown, but of the Patriotics or store cards, what was more prevalent? What was more popularly issued? How many, you know, not, not asking for like how many were made, but are there more of one, there's more of one type than the other, which is the most prevalent type. Uh, So think about that. Uh, You might have to go back to, the last episode and Mm -hmm. and uh, review that uh, to come up with the answer but uh, that's that's all I have for you for the trivia think about that and uh, we're gonna I think we're gonna say happy holidays we're we're excited for um, the things that are coming Uh, there's should should we talk about you and, and your situation at all or
0: it depends on what my situation actually is here.
1: Well uh you're you're gonna be um you're taking over the, the day-to-day direction of the magazine and uh so yeah. that's yeah that's, we can uh,
0: talk about that. Yeah that's uh why I don't sleep nights. I, I get that but no no actually I wondered
1: uh, you know I got emails from you at like four in the morning or something and was Going what in the world but
0: <laughs> yeah i understand that yeah but no it's just um want to wish a uh, happy retirement he's not retired yet but uh william t gibbs our managing editor has decided after 47 years with the uh with amos media he has decided to retire that doesn't mean he's going anywhere from coin world we are going to continue to utilize his talents his abilities and his knowledge as he will continue to contribute to the pages of coin world in various ways but uh basically now um it's going to be me handling some of the responsibilities that he had in the past and it's been a uh, it's been a learning experience every day there's been some some things that I've had to learn and of course I was in a similar position with Amos up until 2016 but only on a different aspect of the company but now having a weekly magazine and a monthly magazine and a podcast and websites and all the things are so much different it's going to be a little challenging at times, but I'm up to the challenge because we've got a great team. We've got uh, a, a great group of readers who can help guide along the way here, but it just, uh, the dynamic is going to change a little bit, not necessarily the quality, but the dynamic for me is going to change a little bit. So if every now and again, I battle out of a podcast, it's because I'm off chasing other rainbows and, uh, certainly not a reflection on what I believe to be the importance of this. But, uh, you know, we hope that, uh, you know we always encourage you to uh give us your comments, and the same now holds true for the magazine. If you've got suggestion for the magazine, certainly direct it my way, and we'll see what we can do to uh make that situation amicable, make that situation develop for the betterment of our you know readership across the world and uh I know Jeff, you have a few aliases that you use and send uh send suggestions that way, so I'll be on the lookout for those as well but it's going to be a little bit different here as we can we adapt and change, but you don't change things just to change things. You definitely change things that need to be changed, and only that's the reason why we would make those changes. But we'll find out how this works out, and uh, I'm excited for it, and I hope that we can carry some of that enthusiasm on the pages or here in the podcast. Thank you for noticing, and uh, we do appreciate the support we've always gotten, and thank once again Vegas Coin Dealer for stepping up to help us out with the podcast, and we'll be keeping an eye on how the auction transpires in January on that. So I think that's just about it for me, and if you're good with this, I'll get you on your way to your holiday, and I hope that you have a very, uh, very safe holiday and enjoy whatever you plan to do, and that goes for everyone out there, but in the meantime,
1: happy collecting. Thank you for listening to the CoinWorld Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week.